Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And with us today is... Paula Hunziker! <laughs> Yay! PLL script supervisor and now director. Yes. This is Bros Watch PL2, by the way. Uh, yeah, we have Paula on today to talk about her last episode that she directed. Uh, we had you on, gosh, a while ago now. So it's been almost half a year, I think. Uh, yes, yes. This whole journey to... Uh, Finally, my episode airing has been quite a long, almost a year. <laughs> it's, uh, is it felt like it was five years? Yeah, uh, yes, yes, <laughs> it absolutely does. It, you know, I mean, when you get the notice that you're going to direct an episode, depending on where it falls, you mm -hmm. know, you either have to wait six months from the time you say, yes, you're on for the season, or you do it within the first couple episodes. You know, mine just happened to fall at the end of the whole shooting season, which at that point ends up being, you know, season six B. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's longer <laughs> right. by the time it airs. Right, right. All right. So uh leap day surprise, we'll jump right in. Um so obviously like like you said, you knew this episode was coming. Yes. What was it like getting that script? I would you know, I have to say I was I was really excited. Yeah, you know, I didn't know exactly uh, you know, from the beginning of the season to where my episode fell exactly what was going to happen for, for a while. But it, it probably was a good, you know, maybe three months before that episode that I would start getting the heads up from mm -hmm. Oliver and the writers about, um, you know, where it was going. Cause storylines can change. You know, they, they might have it mapped out. But you never know what could happen. You know, some an actor might fall out for whatever reason that's not, um, you know, locked in and you have to kind of twist and change the storyline a bit. Mm -hmm. um, so but as it got closer, I I ended up finding out that I was going to get Byron and Ella's wedding, which mm -hmm. I was pretty excited about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, and I'm I'm lucky. I'm I'm on the show, so I had a heads up of what I was getting. So I had some time to kind of think about it. Mm -hmm. Most directors, when you come on a show, you don't know what you're getting till that script is put in front of you. So I had a lot of time to really kind of possibly process small scenes because I didn't know what the whole script was going to be about, mm -hmm. um, and just kind of think of of you know what I wanted to do. And so I was I was lucky. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if if this was say a different show, would you, the script supervisor, have gotten the script first, or would the director have gotten it first? No, uh, as a script supervisor, depending, most likely we would have gotten it first because mm -hmm. script supervisors get the um, studio draft, network draft, then a production draft. Okay. Um, so it, just depending on when it comes out, you could get a studio and network draft two weeks before the uh, next director comes on to start prep. Mm -hmm. So, or you might not even get that till three days into a prep. It just, <laughs> you just never know. You never know depending on, on what happens. So. Okay. So what was it jumping around a little bit for that segue? What was it like having your own script supervisor for an episode? 
it was it was amazing. It was really great. Uh, I was I was really lucky and 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 blessed to have my really good friend Christina Acachella as my script supervisor. Uh, me and another script supervisor, Annie Melville, we both worked on Twenty Four together, and we trained Christina uh, to become a script supervisor. So I I knew what she could do. From the beginning, I knew that she was an amazing script supervisor. She took off pretty quick once she got into the union and she was really great at her job. And to have the familiarity of someone that you know and trust Mm -hmm. was, was pretty amazing. And as a friend as well, a really close friend, she was probably just as invested into this episode as, as me as a director getting it for the first time. I mean, there were moments where she's like, I can't believe this is happening. I'm so excited. You know, so she was really invested and she, you know, she worked her butt off. And yes, she did save me a couple of times. Just it, it, it's, it, a script supervisor is an, is an amazing tool to have as a director. And when you get a good one, it, it can save your butt. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. So one of the things we talked about in past interviews was uh, kind of the whole process with the table read and the cast and crew and all that. Uh, were there any particular insights or ideas that kind of stood out to you during the table read, like how that go down? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, the one scene that kind of stood out as I was watching it, you know, in a table, you have a, a big kind of square table of all the cast members and then, you know, the director and producers at the head. And depending on where the actors sit, could could kind of give you a little dynamic of how they're going to deliver to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so the scene between uh, Veronica Spencer and Caleb, when Veronica confronts Spencer about the leak and Caleb takes the blame, mm-hmm. they, they were, they were all, Troyan was sitting across from me. So right in front of me, Tyler is sitting to the right of me on the other side of the table and Leslie is sitting on the right side of the table. So they are, deli- you know, delivering this scene in the table read. And Troyan was in the middle of the two of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw that and that was a pretty, that was a pretty big moment. And, and they, they give their all, they give their all in a table read. It's, it's not pretty, it's not just <laughs> reading the words and, and going to, you really feel a lot about what you're going to get on set. And so when I saw that dynamic, I knew that Spencer had to be in the middle of those two. Mm. And then you get this, you know, so she's stuck. She's stuck between the man she loves and her mom and this fight between the two. So, yeah, I got I got a lot from that at that moment. When I saw that, I knew that that's that's how I kind of wanted to stage that. Awesome. Uh, So I'm very curious about. What is the day in the life of a TV director like, especially being a wife and a mom? So how did like, how did you start each day? Like how did it how did it go through for you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I got the script, when I actually got the production draft, and I knew that you know I was working off of that. It's it's pretty scary, but it's exciting at the at the same moment, and you want to try and soak in as much as you can, even like a quick read just to get through and write as many notes down as you can for that first read, because that's when little ideas pop in your head. And, and you just, you know, you take what, what those little ideas were and, and work with them because most of the time that that's your first instinct when you read something. Mm -hmm. So 
I can't do it while uh while the kids are around. I have two boys, which are you know, which is pretty rambunctious in my house. <laughs> so you got to kind of wait and and wait for quiet and thank the Lord that you have an amazing, amazing husband who uh, takes the kids out and gives you the space and the time to do it. <laughs> and you just kind of have to go about your daily routine and know that you are going to have those moments and a lot of sleepless nights, possibly, without the distraction to get your work done. And you just, you just kind of, you just kind of work with it. You know, you work with it just like you work with any, anything else. And it, and it's tiring and it's exhausting, but you know, the love of, of what you're doing kind of surpasses that exhaustion. Kind of like when you first become a mother. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the lack of sleep, you know, it, it's, it's fine. It, it'll all pay off in the end. <laughs> right. How late did you have to stay up for the uh, night shoot with Emily out at the, uh, the abandoned diner there? Well, interesting question. We uh, we had a lot of day stuff before we shot that. And when that was scheduled, uh, and that was my first day, my very first day mm -hmm. of shooting. Oh, interesting. So, yes, my very first day. And I was given, you know, you, you have timelines of what you have to keep for budget reasons and all that stuff. So I was given six hours to do that. So we started that at about six o'clock at night. And... So we were there till probably till about like one thirty in the morning, something mm -hmm. like that. One thirty, yeah. two o'clock. That's not um, too bad. <laughs> could I have had and would have liked to have had two more hours? Yes, <laughs> 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 absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, was that all Shane Mitchell, or was there a stunt double there too? There was a stunt double there, but mm -hmm. for the most part, um, it, it was Shay. Shay is. Uh, She's an amazing, amazing woman, and she wants to do everything she can without a stunt double, you know, barring it becomes a safety issue, you know, obviously. Yeah. But she goes to town uh, on everything she does and gives every little part of her. She loves it. She loves the stunts. Uh, she wants to do more of them. And that poor girl had more bruises on her legs <laughs> at the end of that night from that shipping container then i would even like to like to imagine being on me it was pretty bad right so but it was all shay all shay i when i was watching the episode or got to those scenes like i was flashing back my mind to earlier when ella was talking about how she needed to borrow emily's legs and <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> no, not right now you don't ella not right now you don't not right now um, <laughs> many bruises so just out of curiosity who would be the more more terrifying figure to have unleashed on yourself one on one, Arya Montgomery or Melissa Hastings? Oh, uh, unleashed on me? Yeah, <laughs> one on one. No one else is around. No witnesses. You know, oddly enough, I I think it it feels a little equal because they're both very different in how they unleash. Mm -hmm. But in a way, I kind of think Arya would be a bit <laughs> more frightening, um, because with Melissa. You know, she's so self-absorbed. You, you know, you know what you're going to get. You absolutely know what you're going to get with her. Mm -hmm. But with Aria, she is so emotionally crazed sometimes that she could go in circles and, and spin just to, just to fix anything. And it could get so unbelievably overwhelming <laughs> that you don't know what's going to happen, you know, in that spin because of the emotional factor of it. And sometimes emotionally, it can be more terrifying than just kind of vicious, <laughs> like Melissa. 
I think yeah, Melissa. I think that's right. Melissa has rules of engagement. Yes. To a certain extent, Arya, not so much. <laughs> I'm just imagining, <laughs> just imagining Arya walking out of the stall with a martini in her hand. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I'd like to see that, though. I really so would like would to I. see that. I don't know. Have, have we ever seen a drunk Arya? I'm not sure if we have. I mean, she's she's kind of drunk, I guess, in uh, 611. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, but not not to that extent. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, I think uh, I think definitely I think it would be Arya. I think it would be. Oh, I could not agree more. Oh, <laughs> So we have to ask, uh, did you have a favorite scene from the episode? Yeah. Yeah. My favorite scene was the Spencer and Veronica scene together when she comes clean about the cancer. Mm. You know, that scene, that scene is, could, you know, could be really, really hard to, to really grasp as a mom and a daughter to be put in such a vulnerable position, you know, you're, and it's not the daughter being, you know, having that vulnerability, it's the Mm. mother. Mm-hmm. which as a mom can be really hard. You don't want to show that side to your daughter that much or to your child because you have to be the strong one for them. So I think the mo I think that has to be my favorite scene. It was, it was really emotional and, and real and just done so well that I just loved the dynamic between the two and, and I loved what they did and I loved what they gave. And you know, barring some of the direction I had for them, you know, I gave them some takes that were just for them. And mm-hmm. I think quite a bit of what was, was in the episode was, was the moments I just said, you know, this, this one is for you, mm-hmm. Get, you know, just give me what you got. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's pretty amazing. Those two are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you think Melissa Hastings already knew about it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I've also got the impression that uh, Veronica and Melissa are just closer than Veronica and Spencer. I think, I yeah, I think Veronica trusts Melissa in such a way for personal information like that, to hide any secrets. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's definitely Melissa. She can hide anything. I mean, Jesus, she hit a murder. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, so she, I think she's... She trusts Melissa in keeping those moments definitely secret more than she would Spencer. I've always wanted a scene where Veronica just tells Spencer, like, isn't Melissa just so cool? And Spencer, like, <laughs> roll her eyes so hard, like, her skull explodes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Somehow I think deep down that when Spencer talks to Veronica, yeah. she's looking at her mom going, yeah, <laughs> Melissa's the favorite. I know. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> uh, so, so having worked on the show, you know, yeah. and watched these characters and actors up close as they played teenagers and high schoolers, what is your favorite parts of a, of a time jump or five years forward? That's a, that's an interesting. That, that's a really interesting question. I think I think the most interesting parts is to see truly where the girls ended up in their life mm-hmm. as uh, careers and and who they became who they think they became because now they've come back and are back to <laughs> almost where they were before. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting to, to see the, the career side of them a little bit and, and who they've grown in, in what they've wanted to do with their lives. Um, like Hannah has completely set off into the career she always wanted to have. Mm-hmm. So 
that doesn't always happen. It would have kind of been interesting to see if it, she veered into a completely different career to see what would have become of her at that point. She might still need to. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. She was fired, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely I, I think I think where they where they went career wise was 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 interesting. Mm-hmm. Was interesting. Also, I was wondering, uh, I hadn't thought about this before, but like in as one of the directors in like the stable for 6B. Was there ever a meeting where they sat down and said, okay, guys, the texts, they're now just going to float in midair. <laughs> no more insert shots looking at a phone. Um, for the most part. I don't kind of quite know when and why that decision was made, but they just, yeah, they honestly, they just kind of said, this is what we're going to do now. Okay. And they, I think they played with it for a couple, like a couple of scenes just to kind of see how it would work. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But it's just something that they they wanted, they just decided to do and then just said, this is what we're doing now. And, you know, you kind of also as a director have to, you have to frame for those, right. which a lot of people don't realize. So you have to kind of remember, oh, wait, there's a text going up in this spot. So you might want to, you know, shift the frame just a tiny bit, just so you can, you know, mm. you're not squeezing this little text you know, in between the edge of frame and, and a face. So it's, uh, they just decided and it was what had to be done. I wonder if any of them have seen, there's a, a video series called Every Frame of Painting on YouTube. Uh, it's fairly popular about just like cinematography. And one of them is all about texting on screen and like oh. the different ways it's done. And they're the kind of advocating for the kind of more like Sherlock style, like the new PLL style where it's floating on the screen and they use pretty little liars. That is an example of, you know, like when, when you're not doing that and you have to show the text, I kind of wonder if somebody in the production has seen that video. Oh, I don't know. That'd be interesting. You know, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I miss it. I miss the text. It was <laughs> such a staple of our show. I miss seeing it on the phone. The one thing I like about it is that you get the actor's reaction in real time. Like, you know, like, you, yeah, I mean, it's you got to do a little mental like reading and watching at the same time. But I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a split love by many different people. A lot of mm-hmm. people I've read a lot of things on Twitter of people saying, why aren't we doing the phone insert text anymore? What is it with these emojis <laughs> up on screen? <laughs> but I, I liked that your episode, though, you you had the best of both worlds, though, because you had the scene with Allison, you know, and there's Rollins in the background. And you see the text that she gets. And then later you see her ruminating on that same text. And it's like, yeah. th- there is the text. That is exactly what you saw floating in midair. Right. You know, just to let you know, this is the same thing in case seven episodes in. <laughs> You, you, you weren't you weren't picking up on what this was <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly yeah yeah that um i think that's the first time that's that's happened is someone's gone back and since we've done the floating text mm. and and reread it so you had that opportunity just to kind of really you know soak what she was looking at and and then see it again so i just want to know where a gets those special emojis yeah, <laughs> yeah. She designed, well, don't you know, A does everything. So (laughs) she actually creates her own emojis just for her. Or him. (laughs) Either one. (laughs) I don't know which it's going to be. So (laughs) I would love to think that A is just like taking a week off, (laughs) going to the drawing board, (laughs) creating a bunch of emoji styles. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. Taking the week off and either doing that herself or just enlisting some web designer to figure <laughs> out some kind of fancy emojis for the evil and wicked. Well, like there's just there's a whole division like the Karasimi group, for example, who just they have no idea what this is going towards. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, speaking of the the five years forward, one thing we've kind of noticed as we're doing the episode recaps is that, uh, like, in not every shot, but in most shots, there's, like, some alcohol somewhere. Like, they're always having drinks. And is that just a coincidence or is that, like, a note that you guys want to make sure to get in there? No, I don't. I don't think uh, it's not necessarily a note, but I think it it just kind of wants to, you know let you know these girls are adults now mm-hmm. you know because it it may be five it may be five years forward but we just ended teenage years you know and mm-hmm. and they want to remind you because a lot of what's happened in 6a and 6b they're they're you know they're back in high school again as they've said in in episodes i feel like i'm i'm back in high school again mm-hmm. and you know i think it's i think it's just a a small part of just to remind you these girls are adults now, but they're still dealing with the same stuff they did back then. So mm-hmm. that's, that's <laughs> I think the best way I can explain it. Well, I, I, I don't mind that you don't have scenes anymore where it's like Emily has to borrow Aria's fake ID from Maya. <laughs> right. Or, or, you know, I mean, Hannah and the flask worked as a perfect metaphor for what Hannah was dealing with at the time, but yeah. It's a yeah. stressful time, you know. They're talking about the the stalker, I think it's called now. Let's right. get some booze and some hors d'oeuvres on the table. Yep, and yeah. just drown our sorrows in alcohol, and you know, pretend A doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These girls, they really hydrate themselves on the show. It's always coffee in the morning. Yep, and then inevitably somebody gets a water out of a fridge at some point yeah. in the middle of the day, <laughs> and then it, and then there's just booze at the end of the day. Yeah. Yes. The, the the infamous water bottle that comes out of the fridge all the time. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So so as a as a director and someone who knows this show, what would be a scene that you would love to put in an episode? Like what would be like your your secret fan fiction wish? I'm not really sure. It, you would really kind of call it fan fiction, but and and I don't know if it's something. Uh, I kind of want to see the scene, but not at the end of PLL in itself as a series i i would really actually love to see one of the girls die before the series ends Mm. yeah (laughs) so tragically tragically but you know so you you really have to wonder at that point you see the other pll's and you they know that she has died (laughs) and you have to now either finish the series and get their emotion of one of you know this pact this pact is now broken because mm-hmm. one is absolutely gone and not maybe gone absolutely gone <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah that's I, I would really like to see that i would like to see that happen okay i feel like lucy hale would uh campaign for that with you i uh, you know what that's interesting you say that because she would be the one that i i would you know <laughs> not not for, not really because I want to see her go because that's not it. But that she's a, she's an interesting one that, that could, you know, break this, this chain apart. So mm. it would be, be interesting. It'd that be interesting be, to see that. That would be dark. It'd be like the last season of Lost and they just start killing people <laughs> off. <Yeah. laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I, I, 
I would love that only, well, maybe for a lot of reasons, it'd be interesting to explore, but just imagine Spencer leads the charge. They have to break into Arya's room because Arya left behind a clue inside of Pigtunia. Inside of Pigtunia, yes, yes. Pigtunia. Oh, love that little pig. Oh, we, yeah, we got to talk about Pigtunia. Okay, Who, sure. Do the set dressers put Pigtunia there, or is that in the script? Like, how does it decided when Pigtunia is going to make an appearance? Pigtunia is always there. Yes. Pigtunia is always, always there. Somewhere on the bed, sometimes not, sometimes in, in a corner, but Pigtunia is always in that room. A lot of times it could be, you know, if you don't see Pigtunia, Marlene wants to kind of, you know, show the face a little bit if she's there on the set. <laughs> hmm. um, but for the most part, Pigtunia lives on the bed. She's, you know, always there. Pigtunia is always watching. Yes, always watching. <laughs> Pigtunia is a... <laughs> if I had one request for the seven seasons, it'd be that Arya finally puts her hand in Pictunia and makes Pictunia talk. Oh, I might have to pitch that. Yes. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Red Rom. Yeah. Either she goes so crazy that Pictunia starts talking back to her, you know, makes Pictunia <laughs> talk, and this is what happens to Arya. She just drives herself crazy. <laughs> or if she if she becomes the dearly departed and the liars have to turn to Pictunia and then Pictunia starts talking to them. Oh a, la, a little bit of Twin Peaks, yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 sensing a spin-off here. I really am. <laughs> yeah. I did love that. It's a quick scene, but I love that scene where she's like in her pizza shirt and yes. she's sitting on the bed. Um just visually it's very cool. Kind of like pinks and and you know, earth tones. And Thank you got you. Pictunia just chilling over there on the side. Just chilling, looking at her going, ugh, again? <laughs> 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 really? <laughs> um, thank you. Yes, I love that shot. That that That's that's one of my favorite shots. Um, I think when I read this script, I knew the moment I read it and I read that scene that that had to be one shot. Mm -hmm. and And it had to really really feel her isolation that i never wavered from changing that that shot in any way so. nice also really made me notice just how good that set looks yeah like just the, i know the pattern and whatnot on the wallpaper and all the little odds and ends we mm -hmm. have such an amazing group of people who make these sets just come to life and you know jacob our production designer he's just fantastic and you know William, our set decorator, my God, he's, he is just, he's brilliant. I love him so much and he's so much fun. And, and I always, he always likes to bring me into the new sets that he puts together just to see my reaction <laughs> because it's usually like, Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, kudos to our entire art department. They are, they are amazing. They really are. So when the, the set decoration really says something interesting about the characters in that, you know, it's Arya's childhood bedroom. Spencer is at least in the, the barn that she designed. Right. You know, and presumably, I'm going to assume, did most of the interior design, too. Yes. And then now you have uh, uh, Hannah and uh, Emily are in Lucas's loft. Correct. Which seems to us personally cooler than Lucas could come up with. We assume <laughs> Lucas hired somebody <laughs> to come and design it for him. Um, uh, Yes, he did. I'm sure he did. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah Ari is stuck at home there. Yeah, yeah. Ari is still stuck at home, which I think actually leads a lot to, you know, I think why you guys like that shot. It just shows, you know, she's still, it's like she's back in childhood. You see everything around her. 
Mm. And, you know, her, like I said, her isolation of being back in this spot again. Here right. she is again. Mm. You know, the mistakes make again. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of uh, Arya's sets, I, I have to ask, because I, I read something online. I, I was too embarrassed to ask Lucy Hale about this when I met her. Is it true or not true that they designed the Montgomery House sets at 80% scale because Lucy Hale is so small? Uh, no. Okay. I, di- I didn't think so, but yeah. No, 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 no. No, that's, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the design of a set, uh, I think a lot has to do with how much space we have on stage. <laughs> <laughs> So no. <laughs> I think somebody I read that like somebody took the tour and the tour guide told them that. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to you got to beef up those tours somehow. <laughs> yeah. so. I can just imagine the tour guide BSing the crowd. It's, it's because she's small and therefore Chadlow is a giant. Exactly. <laughs> Well, she put him in front of a fireplace, and he's huge. And he's huge. <laughs> no, they did not do that. <laughs> um, yes, no, not not to scale for Lucy. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, so I saw something on Twitter where you said that that your son helped you with the blocking of the aforementioned monster truck scene. <laughs> yes, they liked it. I they were such an intricate part of the whole thing. When I got that sequence, and my husband was working that night, so I knew I kind of had to really start kind of getting into this stunt sequence Mm -hmm. and I knew I still had about an hour before the kids went to bed (laughs) Um, I thought it'd be fun to kind of get them involved in the process and make them feel involved in the process Mm -hmm. so I I you know I I had drunk I had taken a big piece of paper and drew out uh, the space where the stunt was going to take take place and where everything was placed and I asked them to go into their, you know, Hot Wheels toy cubby <laughs> and get me one of their monster trucks <laughs> and then to get me um, a little Lego woman and a couple and a couple other like shipping box container or the back of one of their semi trucks or something and mm-hmm. and place them within the, the, the map that I had and show them what I had in mind and see if if anything came up from them. You know, just out of curiosity, because a lot of times, you know, what comes out of of a child's eyes is pretty amazing and and could be really cool (laughs) because their imagination is so fresh and so new Mm -hmm. that you never know what you're going to get. What they wanted was pretty much out of the realm of what I could do in that space. So (laughs) I didn't really use much. (laughs) Um, It pretty much stuck to what I had planned, but they got really excited and and you know, really jazzed about, about coming through the process with me and showing what was going to happen. So, so it was really fun. You're like, honey, yes, <laughs> Emily could defeat Optimus Prime, but yes, it's a TV, exactly. it's a TV show. I don't have that kind of budget. Just out of curiosity, is that the same location for Sam Merlot's bar on True uh, Blood? It is. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Oh yeah, that that back lot is a wonderful space. It's a wonderful space. It can it can do many things for us. How far away is that from the gate in front of Spencer's house? Is that all like the same area, or is there like a, a wide uh, space? For um, it? it's it's not too far. Mm-hmm. It's it's not too far. You know, walk, obviously walking distance. So mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, everything is 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 in a in a decent space between 
you know, between sets and stuff like that. So it's easy to maneuver around if you have to and, and find the, the, any new type of look you can get out of that back lot that you can. So. Cool. And one of the things we wanted to ask you about, um, noticed in this last episode, there's a few scenes where kind of at the end of the scene or in the middle of the scene, we'll get kind of a wider symmetrical shot. It's not the kind of thing we normally see too much of in PLL. Um, yep. Would would that be your influence there? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> They're cool shots, like especially like the one of Arya and her dad through the window, and then at the end, Caleb and uh, Spencer there. Hugging, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am a a really true believer in in really feeling the space that you're in within a scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, you know, when I read this, I kind of wanted to to follow a little bit of a, I, I try to follow a little bit of a theme throughout things. And I really, really wanted like a framing, like a picture frame mm. throughout the episode as much as I can. You know, you never know what's going to end up. It can mm. change when, you know, when the producer gets the cut. And, but, you know, being wide and really seeing the space that you're in and feeling it can sometimes put a whole different spin on the feeling that you're getting when you're so tight um, mm-hmm. in, in a scene and it can really bring out an emotional aspect to it or a scary aspect to it Wh- whatever whatever the scene you know dictates but you know it just it can it can bring an isolation or it can bring you know a togetherness in an isolation mo- you know isolated moment when you really kind of see the whole spectrum of where they're at so, so that is something that I really wanted. I didn't know if it was going to make it, but I knew I had to do it mm-hmm. um, and try, you know, I mean, the worst that could happen is it didn't make it through the cut. And I am so thrilled and happy that m- most of them made it through. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're probably somewhat used to like the two handers It's kind of like you usually start out wider and then you kind of get closer in. And yeah. I thought it was really neat that like, ooh, suddenly we're, we're back out in this wide shot again, like Ari talking to her dad there. It yeah. kind of recontextualizes what's going on within the scene there. And, you know, you kind of see both of them at the same time and how they're reacting to each other. I thought it was really cool. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. I'm glad you noticed <laughs> that. That makes me very happy. I'm, I, I love those moments and, and I'm, I'm really happy that, that they made it through. And, and it also speaks to, you know, really kind of seeing where you're at in the PLL world. You know, we, a lot of times it does stay close and it just reminds you of, of where they are. You know, it mm-hmm. reminds you, this is the brew and this is the barn or, you know, it's mm-hmm. not just this one corner and this, and it, it reminds you of the space. Mm-hmm. I also really love that there's way over on the right side of the frame. There's like a, like a little dispenser of umbrellas or something. And one <laughs> of the umbrellas is this like duck's head. <laughs> that I don't know why it just it's I keep thinking like is there a camera in that or something like it's just way over there on side it's just like a little eye watching everything you know what that's interesting you say that because I, I never noticed it but I am now going to pitch that they put a little camera <laughs> in that duck's head with and the eye glows at some point with something you know definitely well but, that could be the guy the, the guy or the girl in the back of the uh the town car yes know, they have their fake yes. mask on maybe they walk if uh the kind of umbrella cane thing with the duck's head. Yep. Yep. And sinister yep. ducks is really, <laughs> it's a meaty vein to tap. I really sinister like, animals. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the, the mirrored kind of uh, camera, camera symmetry with when 
Ari and Liam are separated by the elevator doors, the way the camera kind of bounces back between them. And then you kind of doubled that when Ella and Byron come together to kiss. Yes. After saying I do. Yes. (laughs) You are, you guys are very, very (laughs) astute. This is fantastic. I love it. I love it. Yes. All meant to do. I did. (laughs) That was uh, all these little things that, that you, you know, you try and put in just to kind of give it a, 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 you know, to give it a, you know, a little, it, it, it ties everything. It, mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. brings, you know, it bookends, I should say. Right. You know, here's one moment where it, you, like you said, the door closes and then the, this ending moment opens and brings them back together, you know, so. When I think a viewer, if they don't pick up on it consciously, they probably do subconsciously. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, um, I had so much fun with this episode and Oliver was, was amazing in, in really trusting my vision to what I wanted to bring to this. So it's, it was amazing. It really was. So there's uh, been a lot of rumors about a twin this season. Now, if you could give any of the main liars a twin, who would it be? And how would you, how would you like unravel that reveal? How would you shoot that? This, this is, that's a tough question. (laughs) (laughs) Would Um, you like, would you kill off Aria and then bring in like blonde Aria, like her twin cacophony? Uh, it, Well, you know, I do want to kill off Arya, so that actually, uh, <laughs> apparently I want to kill off Arya. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, it, it would be an interesting way to, to reveal that back. I mean, it's, it's, you, you do wonder about Ella. What is Ella up to? She's yeah. not really, really invested in her, in the kids' lives very much sometimes. So, yeah, why is she taking it, Byron back all of a sudden? What, yeah, so maybe, maybe, um, maybe uh, Arya. I, I don't, you know, that that one was a tough question. That that's a tough question <laughs> because because you got to kind of see the dynamic of the families and see would it really work if mm-hmm. they had to plan, yeah. you know. But um, it's uh, would it stretch? As I would say, would it jump the shark if you gave that person a twin <laughs> in that family <laughs> versus right. that one? So that's that's kind of a tough question, but I do like the fact that it could be Arya. I mean, I like I said, I do want to kill her off so we could bring something <laughs> back somewhere. You know, yeah. I'm I'm glad you brought up Ella because going back to like the pilot and after she was one of our favorite like darkest of horses, shady people only because you know you knew Byron was going to be a red herring because he was he was there talking to Allison, being blackmailed of Allison the you know the night she was bonked on the head and buried alive. Mm-hmm. But Ella like conveniently was just like passed out from drinking too much wine mm-hmm. <laughs> don't technically no have an alibi yeah yeah right right yes yeah mm-hmm. you know that's the that's the brilliance of this show is is there's so many little things that you can dismiss as being oh figures you know <laughs> <laughs> how convenient but is it so convenient right. you know they're they're placed all over the place which is what is so great because Anything can happen. Anything can happen. And it could be anyone. You know, it could mm-hmm. be anyone. You never know. Um, so, God, I could try and maybe say some more, but <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> well, I got to ask you about the uh, the Melissa Hanna flashback here. Um, yes. I love this scene. I mean, I feel like Tori DeVito just comes out like breathing fire here. What was that like on the set oh, to shoot? That scene was so much fun. <laughs> that that was That was a fun scene that I, I 
believe it or not, did not have a lot of time to shoot that scene. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, she, God, Tori and, and Ashley are so fantastic and they bring such a presence to the screen just in general. All you can really say is, is, is have fun with it, you know, and, and, <laughs> and remember, remember the, you know, the dynamic of their relationship. It's, it's hatred and it's bitter and, and it's, you know, everybody's always suspected Melissa and <laughs> Melissa hates the PLLs because her life has always been suspected, you know. <laughs> so, so the best thing you can do is, is really, really have fun with it. And there are moments where, there were moments in the day when, when we were shooting that, that they're like, are we really doing this? <laughs> <laughs> but, but they just, they just went all for it. And it was so much fun. There were so many smiles, you know, it was a fairly serious scene, but there were so many smiles and, and, and laughter when we were doing that scene that it was, it was great. It was great. It was really awesome. fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Hannah totally realizes like how much, Melissa probably hates her and her yeah. friends. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then the other way, like I, I think Melissa, she's always going to be the older sister, no matter how old they are. I just love the dynamic and the way they played off each other. Like exactly. Hannah, <laughs> you know, definitely felt like the young one, and here's scary Melissa coming right. out of a bathroom, <laughs> drunk, <laughs> <laughs> drunk, and drinking more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, she's so good in that. Yes, she's re- she was really good. I love that scene. Um, Tori's Tori's amazing. Tori is fantastic. Um, so there's there's been a big like danger chord on the score whenever Rollins shows up in a scene. Like now, well, and one in particular when he comes up behind Allie. Right now, right. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Like, do you have any idea that's gonna come when you're shooting? Is that part of the script, or do you? I mean, is it just a, like you created a moment and there's the danger chord, like chord could come in there? Um, that particular scene was kind of meant to have a bit of a, you know, suspenseful moment because, mm-hmm. you know, she is rereading that text from A. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you kind of don't know who's coming up behind her, who's, you know, it is a public place, but you still don't know what is, what, what's, what is this? You know, what is this shadow? What is this moment? So it was always built that way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when something's built that way, they're, they're going to score it to way they want it to, you know, to resonate with the audience so mm-hmm. so yeah that was always intended to be that way it's i mean it's especially interesting because we've seen in 6b so far two of those kind of moments where allison's just chilling in her classroom and what looks like some ominous figure is approaching her mm-hmm. and i can only assume it's meant to echo the end of uh 6a 610 you know when the, when the liars themselves are the one who come surprised the future mrs rollins there right so it was right. interesting to see that like taken out of the context of the classroom and put someplace even more public and sunny yeah 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 uh, so um i assume that was shot out on the lot right in front of the rear window brewer is that a set Correct. uh no no that's out on the lot yeah so do you, did you guys have to wait for a certain time of day or just have like a bunch of lights behind uh, Rollins there to, to get the shadow? You know, it depends. It de- you know, it, it depends on uh, what time of day we can shoot that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, that's a lot of what scouts are for. You scout with your, your DP and, and, you know, there are certain scenes I had planned to shoot in a certain direction and you walk it through with them. And, you know, he suggests, you know, fine, great, we can do this, but 
can it be possible to do it from this direction? Because mm -hmm. at that time, you know, you have your schedule and you know when you're supposed to shoot it in the day. He has a rough time of what time of day it is and he knows where the sun's going to be and it would be better for him. Oh, cool. So then you might have to rethink how you shoot it if it helps him and helps your day. So that particular day based on how we had actor availability or whatever, it, it was a combination. It was a combination depending mm -hmm. what, how much sun came through and how much it had to be enhanced a little bit. So I hope uh, Larry Reedman like throws that out at parties. He's like, yeah, <laughs> no matter what time of day it is, I know exactly where the sun is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I'm sure he does. <laughs> I'm sure he'll use that. <laughs> and it could just be random in the middle of like a political discussion. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. just he'll, just, that out there. he'll just lift his arm up and kind of point in that direction a little bit and sun's <laughs> over there. <laughs> exactly. Just looking at the brew here, does anyone ever actually buy a book at Ezra's uh, shop here or are they just purely ornamentary? I like to believe that it can be purchased if wanted, but it's more of a library coffee shop type mm, okay. thing. Okay. Um, that's what I like to believe. But, you know, so many things go throughout the day when we're not at the brew. You never know. You know, somebody could have bought a book. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I could see that being like that's Sabrina's idea. You know, take the book, return it when you're done, bring another book back. And meanwhile, Ezra's like... We haven't sold a single book in months. Sold a single book. It's like, what is it? Um, have you seen? I don't know if you uh, have them where you guys live, but we, you know, it's a big thing that have popped up here in neighborhoods in LA. Of uh, people put these little like house libraries in front of their house. They build them and then they put books they don't want anymore. And it's like a book exchange. Hmm, if you take a book, put a book in. And so, so yeah, it's um, it's a a thing that's come about. But yeah, like that, it's a book exchange. You know, okay. if you want to take a book, bring a book in and, mm -hmm. you know, read it while you have some coffee and a pastry. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody accuses you vaguely of some kind of crime or another. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Depending on which book you pick, because, you know, there's a lot of crime books in that. <laughs> right. Speaking of books, uh, is it was it like in the script or was it planned that uh, Ezra and Liam would both be kind of scruffy and unshaven this week? <laughs> No, I don't think that was planned. Hmm. Interesting. And it's interesting that you that you say that because in that moment shooting those that scene it didn't really jump out at me that much as as being something that's, you know, that was mirrored of each other <laughs> until I watched the episode air and and I was looking at that going, "Hmm, <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah you gotta wonder if both of them at that moment are like wait a second right right um, oh it's it's so fitting of aria though right i mean yes. like ezra has to, if there's nobody else in her life ezra has to mirror byron in some way i feel like a lot of times yes I she, she has to be in the middle of, or you have to have ezra mirror or contrast to like jake oh you know interesting. now they had a great meeting in the room <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. w was there a cut scene where emily just murders this reporter guy and like stuffs him in a crawl space somewhere no <laughs> no there was not 
there was not that what you saw was what was there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think if if I had only one complaint, it would be just that I would have loved to see Emily just unload on him. I mean, I get that she's, she's pumping him from info and good for her, like getting something out of that. But like the look on Shay's face when she stares at him and she's just like, you know what? Let's get dinner. Yeah. (laughs) Then I'm going to eat your head. (laughs) You know, that would have been great. I would have loved to put a dinner, you know, actually see them at dinner. And, you know, the the infamous, you know, rip him apart and martini in the face. <laughs> you know, that would have been brilliant. Yes. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen that. Yes. But no, there was not a scene uh, omitted or cut out. That was that was that was it. Uh, before we really wind down, do you have any general thoughts on Spalib? this season general thoughts uh i think i want to ask this in a way in that whatever you say won't get you in too much trouble (laughs) you know it's going to be it's going to be an interesting season um and and it's going to be in such a interesting in the way of you're gonna you're gonna see a dynamic between friendships Mm -hmm. and love interests that you know you almost, you almost are afraid of what the outcome is going to be, mm-hmm. type of thing. I'm, I'm trying to choose my words very <laughs> carefully because honestly, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Everybody hears what Marlene wants to possibly happen or maybe happen, but you really don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting season in respect to, to see the uh, emotional outcomes between, between everybody. And especially when you have best friends and you have love interests in between best friends, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know which way I want to <laughs> go with, with, with those two yet. I love their dynamic together. It's, it's pretty fun and it's pretty heavy and it's pretty hot, mm-hmm. you know? So, but I loved the dynamic between Hannah and Caleb as well. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, yeah. I'm curious to see just as any other fan, um, how this is going to play out, but I'm looking forward to seeing the relationship as friends factor and how that is going to factor in within them. Yeah. There is that tension there where it's like, well, this is kind of fun to see something new and interesting, but like yeah. Spencer and Hannah right now, like that to me is like the bigger concern. Like if Spencer were to break up with Toby, wouldn't be the end of the world but if she were to have a falling out with hannah that's a much bigger deal it's yeah it's huge and you know especially when you deal with the guy breaking up the friendship Mm. (laughs) right which is the thing you don't you don't want it to be about yeah exactly exactly and that's why i think it's going to be that is what i'm going to look forward to kind of seeing where this plays out in that respect makes sense makes sense yeah so we certainly hope that you'll be directing another episode in season seven Yep. 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 Awesome. Uh, looks like it's, it's going to happen. So I'm really looking forward to it and so excited and happy that, you know, everybody was, was really happy with my episode. I, I had so much fun and I'm looking forward to doing it again. I'm really looking forward to doing it again. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope you guys are looking forward to another one. I direct. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We are. Good. 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 That's great. And uh, I was have to ask, so from that perspective, as well as, you know, you'd also be working as script supervisor again in season seven, too, right? Yeah, I always, I always knew that, that I was going to finish out this season. I mean, this has been my family. And this has Mm -hmm. been, 
you know, this has been the, the place that gave me my next step. And, you know, doesn't, doesn't mean if a directing opportunity came about that I wouldn't, you know, jump on and jump back, but it's, it, I will always finish PLL out and, uh, and then move forward. But yes, I will be back as a script supervisor to finish the, the series. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Oh, just wanted to ask one quick question. Um, are the masks real? These masks that the new A are using? Like, is that, is somebody actually wearing that in the scene? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. they are. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, there may, we have someone, um, make them depending on whatever character Marlene or Oliver kind of puts within the scripts. So mm -hmm. yeah, they're real. Mm -hmm. They're pretty cool because it's not like Mission Impossible where it's like, it looks exactly like another person and suddenly, right. you know, they, they look <laughs> odd, but not, you know, there's like a little bit of an uncanny uncanny valley, but you know, if you squint yeah. you're far away, you might not notice. Yeah. I was going to say the, when you see the, the old mailman looking in Arya's window, uh huh. You're like, who, who is this weird old guy? <laughs> and I just picked, I tried to, and my first thought was like, just trying to picture that actor at like at craft services of all these young, <laughs> good looking people, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, uh, it's been an, in it was an interesting, you know, last part of the year when the masks came about and, you know, you would see, you would see all the, all the people come out with them and, and you're just going, wow. <laughs> What are we doing? This is so weird. <laughs> but it's brilliant. It's it's pretty brilliant. You know, you do, we're we're not going back back to the black hoodie. You know, we're not continuing. We're shaking it up. So it's fun. It's fun. I love this show. So I just wanted to ask, uh, when do you when do you guys go back to work? Because I know the writers are doing their thing right now. Yes. Like, yeah. From everyone else's perspective, like when does work start again? Uh, work starts as of right now, the first week of April, oh. unless it changes, but, um, that is, uh, when we're supposed to come back. Right yeah. Yeah. I know. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Looking forward to it. So. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, really want to thank you for joining us. Uh, it's really cool. It's what, like a director's commentary, you know, kind of what's going <laughs> on in the episode. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Um, and thanks for your questions. They were, they were so fantastic. I'm glad that, you know, some of the things that I put in there really came out for you guys. So it, uh, it makes me happy. Okay. We're looking forward to your next one. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye.